Hey everybody, welcome to the Stewardship Simplified Podcast, the place where pastors, practitioners, and partners come together to talk about the realities and challenges of giving and stewardship today and what's coming up tomorrow. Hear from experts in generosity and leadership as they share their insights on best practices, trends, and resources. Hey everybody, and glad you are listening and chiming in with us at the Stewardship Simplified Podcast. Rick Wheeler here. Uh, We have a great conversation to bring to you today. I got to sit down with a friend of mine, Steve French. Uh, Steve does a number of things, but his uh, the focus of his ministry has really been in this area called life work leadership, and it's all about mobilizing marketplace leaders to live their life and leverage it for the gospel. So it's a wonderful ministry. You're going to love this conversation, and we really get into not only uh, what life work leadership's about, but really this idea of legacy and how do we outlive our life? How, how, what does it mean to live a life that just goes beyond our days here? And so I think you're gonna enjoy this conversation. Just a reminder that we also can help with estate planning. That's really kind of the central part of what we do. And so as you're thinking about your own legacy, uh, folks, we can uh, you know, contact us, we can sit down, talk through all of those options and what is the best path for you. I also wanna let you know about an event that's coming up on April the 27th here in Jackson, we are hosting our first ever Stewardship Impact Workshop. It's going to be at the Florida Baptist Convention building, and uh, you can find out all kind of details about that online at our website, floridabaptist.org. So without any further delay, here's my conversation with Steve French. Hello, everybody. Welcome again to the Stewardship Simplified Podcast. This is Rick Wheeler, and I am here today in our worldwide headquarters in Jacksonville with a good friend of mine, uh, Steve French. And I'm uh, going to tell you a little bit more about Steve, but Steve, welcome to the podcast. We're glad you're here. Well, thank you. It is great to be here, and thanks for the mission that you have. Thank you. Yes. Uh, well, we're going to talk about how what the Lord's been doing in your life kind of intersects with what we do. Uh, but for those who don't know the name and fame of, of Steve French, tell, talk to us a little bit about your your life biography. And then we're going to kind of zoom in on this movement, I would call it, um, called Life Work Leadership and how that began, what, 15, 20 years ago, something like yeah, that? Yeah, actually 30 now. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I was in middle 30. school then, Steve. <laughs> right, right. So was I. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, uh, I was privileged to be born and raised in a pastor's home. Mm-hmm. Uh, my dad was a church planter, but soon found out that church planting was not his mm-hmm. gig. Mm-hmm. So he went in and became a Bible college professor at wow. what is now the King's College yeah. in New York City. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, that is where I grew up in the New York metropolitan area. And so I was privileged to grow up in a pastor's uh, Bible professor's home mm-hmm. and uh, really enjoyed that. I had some great uh, times of ministry uh, in my church. Uh, I grew up in a church called Brookdale Baptist Church mm-hmm. in Bloomfield, New Jersey. Okay. And uh, then went to Biola University for a while, then finished up at King's yeah. and also went to Wheaton Grad School right. because what I did is that I went into youth ministry <laughs> and spent 10 years in youth ministry, primarily at First Baptist Church in Wheaton, Illinois, Oh yeah. Okay. and then went on staff at Willow Creek that I'm sure many yeah. of your listeners know, mm-hmm. if not all of them, mm-hmm. and uh, then planted a church uh, in the New York metropolitan area and did that for 10 years wow. yeah. and I uh, really enjoyed my time of church planting there. And now for the last 25 years have been in Orlando mm-hmm. uh, where I get a chance to uh, influence a movement called Life Work Leadership mm-hmm. that helps 
business leaders, Christian business leaders, integrate faith with work? Yeah, so let's kind of um, explore that, the life work leadership journey. And that's really where I first met you. I think it was about 2005 or six, something along those lines. I was serving with our Florida Baptist Convention. And uh, one of my uh, mentors and friends, Bob Bumgarner, kind of said, hey, there's this journey that I want you to be a part of. And uh, I didn't really know that much about it, but he said he kind of explained it to me. And it was all about kind of unpacking the life of Jesus uh, and kind of taking, uh, is it nine months or a year? Yeah, nine months. Yeah, Nine months and just kind of diving deeply into some specific themes uh, that would kind of characterize the you know, the, the different phases of Jesus's life. And, uh, you know, I've, I've quoted this often, but, you know, Howard Hendricks has a, a great quote that we've spent so much time in the church thinking about the message of Jesus. And it's a wonderful message. It's the life-changing message of the gospel. But don't forget the methods of Jesus. Yeah. And, you know, one of those methods was the whole plan, which really shook my world up, mm. uh, was the idea of, wait a minute, Jesus developed a leadership mm. team of 12 marketplace guys mm. and not 12 synagogue guys. Mm. Yeah. And that as a pastor really kind of shook my world up a little bit to realize, wait a minute, plan A for Jesus all along was to develop people in the marketplace mm. so that they could advance the gospel throughout the world. Mm. The mm. local church obviously is the core component of that, but you better get very serious and intentional about about developing Christian marketplace leaders. Yeah, one of the things I've loved about uh, my interactions with with you and LifeWork Leadership is that that integration that you talk about, that it really focuses on those people, men and women, who are embedded in the marketplace, who are sold out for Jesus and the gospel. And sometimes in the church, we don't don't know how to value and lift them up and equip them properly. So I think um, there's much more that, that your organization's doing. But one of the things that really helps is kind of coming alongside the local church and say, let us kind of help these marketplace leaders flesh out and understand what a marketplace missionary looks like, how to live out the gospel in your work relationships, and so you're, there's no dichotomy, there's no separation between my business life and my religious life, right. know, my, my, my Sunday and my Monday, so to speak. It really brings those things together and helps people really, and it, and it does it in a cohort kind of a way, which I think has been uh, very powerful. So so tell us a little, you kind of unpack for those who haven't heard about uh, the, the Jesus journey and life work leadership, uh, what that process looks like and how it explores uh, the life of Christ. Yeah. So what we try to do then is try to understand how the marketplace leader thinks mm. and uh, and have them all understand that Jesus came not just how to model how to do life, but mm-hmm. also how to do leadership. Yeah. And that there could be a strong argument for the fact that this 30 years was a 30 years of preparation mm-hmm. for him. Mm-hmm. And that those three years were his intentionally training them. And then why would he spend the last six months going from 12 to 3? Mm. Why is it so important to do succession planning and transition well? Yeah. And so we try to bring everything within the context of seeing Jesus as a leader and a model that's worth following. Mm. 
And so we, we love that. So what we seek to do is that instead of uh, presenting this program in the church, why not do it in their business? Mm-hmm. So it could be a boardroom at a, at a, uh, at a business, a training room. Mm-hmm. It could be at uh, some type of uh, corporation here in, in the city. But whatever, we're always thinking in terms of how is the marketplace guy going to process things? Mm-hmm. He gets it every week at church, and obviously that's wonderful at the core. But let's talk about the integration of work. Why don't we deliver this program within the workplace? And so we seek to do that as well. You know, I look back in my own life and I spent the first eight or nine years out of college in the banking industry. And uh, I wasn't a bank president. I wasn't really high up, but I was, you know, kind of climbing the corporate ladder. And I remember thinking, Steve, from time to time, uh, I would be in certain rooms. You mentioned the boardrooms and the the client offices and different places I would be. And I would think as a believer, I would think, you know, there isn't a pastor in this city who could be in this room right now, but I get to be in this room because of my position, because of the role that I play, you know, here in my, in my corporation. Um, And the influence that was afforded to me that no other church leader would necessarily have. And that never has, has left me that I, I think about the, the relationships and the opportunities that our marketplace leaders have as frontline missionaries. Yeah. They're not just hanging out in church to help take up the offering on Sunday. You, you have a pulpit five days a week, mm-hmm. right? Right. And yeah. uh, we as pastors in the past, uh, you know, I had it once a week. Right. And to have it five days a week, and uh, it's a pretty big deal. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, so... the. Other things that we do to keep the marketplace leader in mind, and that is we seek to bring other Christian marketplace leaders to speak. Mm -hmm. So instead of having all pastors and Mm -hmm. all theologians, Mm -hmm. you know, again, they're getting this every week at church. Mm -hmm. But why not give them a a, a peer who could really help them integrate their uh, what they're learning mm-hmm. uh, more wisely. And so uh, we seek to bring uh, uh, speakers from all around the world uh, that are nationally renowned Christian business leaders that I've trained and developed so that they can actually deliver a message that is biblically focused, gospel-centric, and really deliver uh, some insights as to how to integrate their faith with their work. Yeah, yeah. Uh, talk us a little. Take us through a little bit more of that journey. It's, sure. it's nine months, and I know that there's a um, a retreat yep. that kind of kicks it off. And then talk us through like what would a typical uh, monthly in, encounter yeah. look like? Yeah. So the big idea here in, in this nine month journey is that we're going to follow the life and the leadership of Jesus. So we're delivering the uh, Jesus chronologically. A lot of, of leadership development that's Christian tends to deal with principles. Mm-hmm. Principles are wonderful, but when you put the principles within a chronology, mm-hmm. if we're talking about leadership development, mm-hmm. then we need to take a look at what is literally happening in those first 30 years of Jesus preparing. So not just what he did, but when he did it. Right. Yeah. And because that answers a lot of why mm-hmm. questions. Why is he talking about humility of dying to yourself at year three? Why mm-hmm. doesn't he do it early on? Mm-hmm. Uh, why does he only do two miracles in the first 18 months when he's training them? So all of these factors come in. So what we do is we follow the life of Jesus. It starts off with a retreat mm-hmm. and where we just focus in on the first 30 years of Jesus's early preparation. What's going on during that preparation? Mm-hmm. Then once a month, 
uh, for the next eight months, we will spend time focusing in on the different topics that are Jesus focuses on chronologically. Yeah. And we'll eventually end up at the end with talking about Jesus's legacy. Mm. And we'll have a graduation where we'll uh, have uh, city leaders come in and just essentially commission them mm. uh, to use wow. their influence, just not in their corporation, yeah. but in their city as well. Yeah, that's and I remember just being a, an alum of the process myself. Typically, just think about when we're putting somebody on a plane and sending them overseas. So to think about, hey, I'm being commissioned as a marketplace leader right here in my city. That's a powerful uh, moment. You know, we talk about legacy here a lot, and we talk with people about the legacy that they're leaving. That is a component of the journey because it's a component of Jesus' life. Hmm. Um, talk to us a little bit about how um, you uh, help explore that idea of legacy, the meaning of it. And if we are, if we're Jesus followers, then our legacy really is tied to his legacy. Yeah, it is. And, it and is. so talk to us about how you define legacy, um, uh, biblically, what it means, what kind of legacy Jesus is having, and then how can we get kind of swept up in that? Yeah. Well, I certainly think that legacy is a loosely used word. Mm -hmm. uh, it just, that and calling, it seems to be loosely yeah. used. And I, so I'm clear on what I mean by legacy, and it's this impact that lasts. Yeah. So, um, and I do think that it's really important to take a look at what Jesus' legacy is. Mm -hmm. Uh, because it's still going on today, right. 2,000 years later. And I do think that when we talk to our uh, our friends, when we talk to our kids, when we talk a, about our own legacy, we're so self-centered in our mm. thinking. And I do think that, it, truth be told, even if you have a great impact, how long is it really going to last? Mm -hmm. And I would venture to say maybe a generation or two. Right. But what I think we're here on earth to do is not to establish our own legacy, mm. but to extend Jesus's yeah. legacy. Wow. Yeah. So I do think that it's important then to know what is Jesus's legacy right. and to be able to extend it. Okay. So uh, when I think about, uh, you know, extending a legacy, I want to really know what was uh, the, the early disciples, how did mm. they view Jesus and, mm -hmm. and what... Did they take and extend it to, uh, to future generations so that within 300 years of the early church, the church is is well known and respected and accepted as the, the world religion at that point? Mm -hmm. So what's going on in that early church? Well, the person who knew Jesus the best was the, the Apostle John. Mm -hmm. He was the one that was close. And he said, I'm the, the disciple that whom Jesus yeah, loved. The beloved, yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And now you read through the Gospel of John, and you certainly, 1 John, 2 John, and 3 mm -hmm. John are all about love. Mm -hmm. I think at the end of the day, John, who knew Jesus best, mm -hmm. would say, wrapped up in one word, it's love. Yeah. That's his legacy. So that we ought to be men and women, whether in the workplace or whether or not we're doing some type of Christian ministry, some we need to be known for our love. Mm. And that is a legacy that I think at the end of the day, I want my kids, I want my grandchildren, yeah. I want those around me to say, you know, Steve really uh, communicated and lived out Christ's love. And, and that's what I experienced. And that's what I'm going to pass on to the next generation. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so what are we doing? Uh, you know, uh, you deal in the area of finances quite a bit, right? Mm -hmm. And so uh, 
But what are we doing to shape our finances, our entire lives yeah. around how do I pass on Jesus's legacy of love? Yeah, that's good. And, you know, we we help people think through their uh, final plans and how they want their affairs handled and uh, the, the charitable donations and gifts that they want to leave. And, and that's all, those are all good and we've got to do those the right way. And there's tax advantaged ways to do that and there's smart ways to do it so that the maximum amount, you know, goes towards it. But really what I, you know, what I'm taking from what you're saying is what's behind that, what's driving that is love, Uh, a love for the gospel, a love for the Lord, a love to see people who are far from him reached. And so when we are helping uh, a family or or an individual prepare an estate plan, it's really uh, a a document of love uh, that says, hey, because God loves me and he's changed my life, I want to see that extended to others. And we want to take care of our family. And by the way, one of the most loving things you can do for your family is give them a plan. You know, mm-hmm. don't leave it up to them right. to try to figure out, well, what did this person want? You know, what did mom or dad or grandma, or grand, you know, what do they want? Uh, you know, make those, make those things known and have a plan. I love what uh, Ron Blue says. He says, I like to do my giving while I'm living so I'm knowing where it's going. Yeah. You know, so yeah. so it, it's a loving act to have a plan uh, to, to not give that opportunity for any kind of unnecessary conflict or uh, misunderstandings or things like that. But there's love is driving uh, all of that. Yeah, yeah, and to have conversations with people, mm. including yourself, yeah. that is not self-centered, mm. uh, that is really genuinely thinking, what can I do, mm. lovingly do, to be able to extend Jesus's legacy yeah. here? Yeah. And uh, I just really think that that frame work needs to be uh, done in our lives, yeah. in our conversations. Yeah. You know, I saw uh, there's some research, very, um, very credible research that's been done in this area that uh, Christians, believing confessional Christians, um, who, you know, say they come under the name and banner of Jesus Christ, they we already have the resources to be able to embed missionaries in every people group across the world and to translate the scriptures into every tongue and tribe. We have the financial resources. We just have to pray more. We have to go more. We have to give more. Mm. And the financial piece is already solved. It's like, well, you know, it's like the old preacher who gets up and says, the good news is, God's given our church everything that it needs for all of our needs. But the rest of the news is it's in your pocket. It's in your pocket. It's in your pocket. You know, the giving part of it is a part of it. It is, you know, Jesus talks so much about money and, and planning and giving. Um, so, uh, you know, it's compelling, though, to know that the actual gospel Great Commission work could be accomplished in our lifetime. And from a financial standpoint, you know, God has to do it. Uh, the Holy Spirit has to move in and through his people. But from a financial standpoint, the resources are already there. Mm. Uh, we just have to have a, uh, a revival of giving and a revival of, of uh, charitable donations and, and people who are saying, you know, it isn't really about my legacy. It's about his legacy and the work that he's doing. Yeah. Uh, and as we kind of get caught up in that, then everything that we have is just something to hand over to him, our little loaves and fishes and that he does what he does, you know, that we could never do on our own. Yeah. And, you know, Rick, uh, my son-in-law uh, works for Harvard University and mm-hmm. does a lot of research on human flourishing. Mm-hmm. 
And I'm amazed in the studies that, that are going on right now as he brings a little salt and light into that institution. Wow. Yeah. Uh, that how uh, in their studies that you need to really, uh, that in order for humans to flourish well, mm. they have to be in a community of love. Yeah. And the whole idea of uh, using our financial resources to extend Jesus' love to others, mm -hmm. I think, is really one of the key factors. And it bears out in research yeah. that uh, humans flourish when mm -hmm. that occurs. Yeah. It's like God knew what he was doing when he created the church. We're supposed to be in that kind of loving community. And we're supposed to be that that loving community for others. Right. Well, Steve, this has been a great conversation. Um, anything else you'd want us to know about how to connect with uh, Life Work Leadership or, or connect with you? Yeah. Um, and how can people get a hold of you and find out more? Sure. Well, one thing that I would love for your audience to know is that what we've experienced here in Jacksonville and other cities around uh, this area, that the Lord has uh, allowed us to just follow Jesus's model mm. by going global. Yeah. So as much as he told those guys that were from Galilee, hey, listen, we've done the Galilean thing for mm. three and a half years, but you need to be thinking globally. Mm. So have we. Yeah. And we are now in different cities around the world as we seek to find people that will, in Luke chapter 10, it talks about a man of peace. As mm -hmm. man of peace invite us to come into their cities, we do. And so um, we're really excited about what Jesus is doing yeah. uh, around the world. And so uh, that is uh, what I'm doing now. I'm the mm -hmm. global ambassador for LifeWork. Yeah. I get a chance to serve other organizations like yours and others around the world as well. But if they ever want to reach me, you can, uh, first of all, if you want to know more about LifeWork Leadership, go to lifeworkleadership.org, and uh, there you'll see all that's going on there. And as far as reaching me, you can reach me at steve at lifeworkglobal.org. Great, great. Well, thank you for sharing with us, Steve, and thank you for all that you're doing to help mobilize marketplace leaders here and literally around the world. In fact, when we wrap up here, you're getting on a plane and headed overseas and uh, doing that work right now. Um, and Pastor, you may have people in your church who would benefit from this kind of a journey, people who maybe are still trying to figure out what it looks like to, to live in the habits and rhythms of Jesus uh, in their uh, business life, in the in the work life, whether they be a, a, you know, kind of a sole proprietor or they're part of a large corporation. Uh, they're all trying to figure that out. Uh, can't recommend LifeWork Leadership enough. And uh, Steve, it's been good to have you with us. God bless you, brother. Thank you. Stewardship Simplified podcast is provided for general information purposes only and does not offer or constitute personalized financial, investment, tax, or legal advice. Listeners should not act upon the content or information found here without first seeking appropriate advice from a tax, financial, or legal professional. Mentions of the Church Growth Investment Fund are not an offer to sell nor a solicitation of an offer to buy securities of the Church Growth Investment Fund. Any solicitation of an offer to buy or sell is made solely through and by CJF's offering circular, which you should read carefully before making an investment decision. Offer and sales of these securities will be made only through representatives of the Church Growth Investment Fund. CGIF securities are subject to certain risk factors as described in the offering circular.